Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. <laughs> Damn it, for three, Somebody tell him he's a rookie. Welcome, everybody, to the very first episode of Believe in L.A. Clippers here on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jesse Cass, and I'm really excited to have you along with me here as we kick off the NBA season and get things rolling here on the Believe Podcast Network. For those of you that don't know me, as I mentioned, my name is Jesse Cass. I'm I'm a sports broadcaster and sports media professional, uh, play-by-play announcer up at Loyola Marymount University, just right here in Los Angeles, but also, most importantly for this podcast, a uh, big Clippers fan with a lot of knowledge about the team, so I'm going to be taking you through everything you need to know when it comes to the LA Clippers, and I should note as well, uh, I of course am hosting this one with you solo here, but in the upcoming weeks, we're going to add a co-host, a former player, to to join me, talk about LA Clippers basketball, so it's going to be a really fun uh, time, and it's a really fun time, of course, for the franchise, so uh, very happy that you could join us here on the very first episode of Believe in LA Clippers, and Uh, Just to mention a little bit more about myself, as I said before, my name is Jesse Cass, uh, and I've been with the Clippers and a fan uh, for pretty much the whole way through as a little kid, going to games at the sports arena, you know, watching games with Lloyd Vaught, Terry DeHare, Eric Piakowski, Gary Grant, uh, moving on through to the years with with Chris Wilcox and Melvin Eli, and then, of course, getting that little taste of success in 2006 with the Sam Cassell, Elton Brands, Corey Maggette. Chris Kamen, Cat Mobley, Sean Livingston, of course, that team that probably should have got further than they did, but made a great run in the 06 playoffs. Of course, with you guys there for the, the devastating Sean Livingston injury, some of the rough years that led up to, of course, Blake Griffin, and then building up to Lob City, which was a very exciting yet frustrating time for the Clipper fan base. And now, of course, bringing us to, to where we are now, a couple of years of not quite rebuilding but rebooting for the Clippers and oh my what an impact they made in this offseason to really give themselves their first real shot uh, as a legit championship contender and in some people's eyes a championship favorite. Uh, It's going to be a really incredible year and very happy to have you here to join us for it. So we're going to give you the season preview and breakdown of the team and what they did in the offseason. But quickly, before we do, I want to let you know that, of course, you found us here, so you're able to catch the episode. But know that you were available on all of your favorite directories, Apple, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. You can also find us at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. Uh, you can also find so many other great shows on the network covering all the L.A. teams, including... Uh, many teams outside of the LA area. It's expanding 
pretty much every day. So, so many great podcasts. Go over to Believe.com and check that out. You can also follow along uh, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, at Believe Podcast is the handle. And please, if you enjoy the show, rate, review us, and subscribe on Apple. And now that we have all that out of the way, let's get into it. Our season preview and off-season recap of the LA Clippers here on the first episode of Believe in LA Clippers. All right, and as we get into it here on the Believe in LA Clippers podcast, I want to take a little bit of a look back to last season and and really a couple years ago as well, just to show you how far this team has come in terms of what they built to get here. And of course, mentioned briefly in the intro, the Lob City years were, were really exciting for the Clippers in a lot of ways, but also disappointing just for the fact that that team didn't always or didn't fully realize its potential with you know, really, most notably in, in 2014 and 15, uh, with opportunities to, to potentially win a championship in those years. Um, of course, the Houston series back in 2015, it even makes me shudder just having to bring it up or think about it. So we're going to get away from that uh, quickly. But uh, having those opportunities and then, of course, having it slip away led to the, the kind of disintegration of that team. And and then kind of the rebuild on the fly from there, or the reboot on the fly from there. And just to think about how much the team has changed in two years after the breakup of Love City is wild. So Chris Paul leaves, he forces his way out, wants to go to Houston, uh, opts into his deal, into a trade, uh, which of course uh, turned out to be a fantastic one for the Clippers and the Rockets, of course, but uh, for the Clippers, bringing in a couple of foundational pieces back in that trade in, t- in the terms of Patrick Beverly, Lou Williams, and Montres Harrell, who all three have been just dynamic players for the Clippers and a big part of their identity and their culture. So that trade really helped set the foundation. But initially, obviously, I didn't feel that way, losing Chris Paul, you know, arguably to that point, the best player in franchise history. Uh, losing him, you kind of go into a, a halfway rebuild. They re-sign Blake Griffin to the big five-year max deal. DeAndre Jordan still on the books with the club, so still the remnants of that team intact, bringing Milos Teodosic and and trying to keep the team off to a competitive start. And uh, it started off ugly in that that first year. There was a nine-game losing streak early in the year, a lot of injuries, uh, but they actually battled back, got over 500, and and then kind of the earth-shaking, shattering move of, of trading the franchise star Blake Griffin over to Detroit, bringing back in Tobias Harris, uh, the Bobby and Toby show, and Boban, uh, and having, you know, again, really the the start of, of something new and exciting and fresh with the ball club, as as disappointing as it was to say goodbye to Blake Griffin. The next year, you know, DeAndre Jordan makes his way out of town, and, and then we really saw uh, the fruits of that labor go into last season, 48 and 34 back into the playoffs as the eighth seed in the Western Conference. They, of course, had turnover in the middle of the year last year. You know, thinking about last year, starting with, with Toby, Bobby, Mike Scott, uh, you know, that group alongside, of course, the foundational pieces that we mentioned of Lou Montrez and Patrick Beverly. Beverly, of course, getting back healthy after missing pretty much all of his first year with the Clippers with a with a knee injury. Uh, but... You know, the, the identity of the Clippers really developed over last season in terms of their grit, their mentality, uh, the way that they just grind and never give up. And, and that led in that, as we mentioned, 48-34 and 34 record, good for eighth place in the Western Conference. 
They took that first first round conference playoff matchup with the Golden State Warriors, uh, fully healthy and intact Warriors team. Took them to six games, including the biggest comeback in NBA playoff history in Game Two with that 31 point comeback and the game winning three from Landry Shamit. Heard a little bit of that snippet of that uh, from Ralph Lawler in the opening, but it was a great showing in the playoffs and one that. Uh, really endeared themselves to a lot of the basketball fans, uh, you know, not only in the Clippers fan base, but outside of it as well. And of course, made an impact on a couple of superstars watching that unfold, including one superstar who ended up carrying his team to the NBA championship, of course, Kawhi Leonard on board with the Clippers uh, and bringing Paul George with him in, you know, the biggest summer haul ever in the Clipper franchise. Just an incredible time uh, for the LA Clippers. Uh, um, that's just kind of scratches the surface of the change for the Clippers. So let's go through the offseason a little bit as we look our way forward to this upcoming season uh, for the Clippers, of course. Mentioned it just a second ago, adding Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, two of the top five, top ten, whatever you want to call it, players in the NBA. Um, you know, Leonard right now has a, a stake on a claim on maybe the best player in the league after what he did in his historic playoff run with the Toronto Raptors carrying them to the NBA championship and being the finals MVP but uh, however you want to qualify it one of the best players in the game and also you know able to work behind the scenes and and get Paul George in tow as well it was a hefty price to pl- to pay to get him but when you think about what Paul George did last year as well third in the NBA in MVP voting he averaged 28 points and 8 rebounds a game, also nearly 4 assists. Kawhi's numbers very similar to that as well, 27, 7, and 3. Um, arguably the two best two-way wings in the game in terms of what they can do on both sides of the ball. Two of the best defenders in the game and also two of the best offensive forces. When they get on the court together, it's going to really be a sight to see. and could be devastating for opponents. So that haul is, of course... The headliner for the Clippers this summer. Uh, they were able to also add in Mo Harkless and really a, a no-cost deal for the Clippers. In fact, they were able to get a first-round pick back in exchange for just taking that $11 million salary of Mo Harkless, but a valuable, serviceable player who, of course, the Clippers have seen uh, as an opponent over on Portland who has done well against them in past regular season and playoff games. So Harkless, another long, rangy defender, whose offense continues to you know, grow slightly every year, so he should be a good factor and a, a good addition for the Clippers this offseason. And then you throw in Patrick Patterson on a minimum-level deal. Patterson, of course, kind of a stretch-four, stretch-five player. He has kind of disappeared in the past few years after a great run in Toronto. Uh, didn't do much in Oklahoma City, but uh, provides the Clippers with additional depth and hopefully another shooting presence Uh, out of a big man on their squad. So those were the additions via free agency and trade. Uh, Of course, that trade, uh, when you get something in, something has to go out for the Clippers. And as we said, it was quite a haul that they had to give up to get Paul George. But as you've likely heard from the front office and Doc and and definitely understand, uh, it wasn't just to get Paul George. It was also to secure the signing of Kawhi Leonard. So that's really the way to think about it. But Clippers did lose... Some prize pieces, including uh, really stellar rookie Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who had a great rookie season and projects to be a really nice player in the NBA. 
he goes out to Oklahoma City along with Danilo Gallinari, who, coming off one of his first really healthy seasons in a long time, showed just how good he is when he is healthy. You know, a very dynamic scorer and playmaker out of a stretch four role for the Clippers, and, uh, you know, his production will certainly be missed as well, along with the five first-round picks that the Clippers sent out, a couple of those uh, pick swaps, including a first-round pick they picked up in that Mo Harkless deal uh, from Miami. So, uh, you know, a lot of picks going out, but, you know, when you're going for it, the picks aren't necessarily as important, especially when the window, you know, hopefully for the Clippers, it's a long title window. Uh, but when you have that opportunity to push the chips all in, uh, you got to go for it there. And when you get Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, you're certainly not going to get any first round picks that are better than those two superstar players. So the right move for the Clippers there is they move forward into this new 2019-2020 campaign. Uh, mentioned, of course, SGA and Gallinari went out in that trade. Uh, a couple other players, the Clippers uh, lost from last year's roster. Garrett Temple signed with the Brooklyn Nets in free agency, as did Wilson Chandler. Um, Temple was a very nice piece for the Clippers. Chandler really struggled in his time and, of course, is serving now a PED suspension. So um, not a huge loss there, although Chandler is a talented player. Uh, Tyrone Wallace waived by the Clippers, as was Cinderius Thornwell. Both of them now available again as free agents. Uh, obviously, the Clippers roster is full, but uh, Wallace recently waived the other day by the Timberwolves and Thornwell waived by the Cavaliers. So hopefully both of them uh, find their way back onto a roster soon. But the Clippers have their 15-man roster full and intact and ready to go. We mentioned the new additions of Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Mo Harkless, and Patrick Patterson. The Clippers this offseason also doing a great job of bringing back some key pieces, uh, most notably Patrick Beverly, a three-year, $40 million deal for him, uh, really his first big payday after grinding so hard through years in Ukraine and Russia, uh, you know, getting cut by the Miami Heat and then working his way onto the Rockets roster and finally building up his credentials to get this three-year $40 million deal, really the heart of the team. So very well-deserved for Patrick Beverly to, to stay on the squad. Clippers also gave a, a four-year deal to Evitza Zubats. Uh, picked him up, of course, in that deal with the Lakers last year. The fourth year on that deal is a team option, so really a three-year $21 million deal with a team option for the fourth, but $7 million a year for a solid big man who is young. A great deal there for the Clippers. He, of course, didn't play well in the playoffs, but a tough matchup for him with that dynamic Golden State team. I do think he's going to have a big impact for the Clippers this year. And, you know, with a little bit of a shift back toward more of the traditional basketball that we saw earlier before the Golden State Warriors kind of revolutionized everything that we see now, no mistake, there will still be a lot of small ball uh, and a lot of three-point shooting. But I do see, I do think with a lot of teams going slightly bigger, having a legit center uh, in tow for the Clippers is going to be important. So Zubats is going to fill that role and getting him on a relatively inexpensive deal, you know, in comparison to a lot of the other contracts out there was a very nice get for this Clippers front office. So Zubats back for the squad. Uh, Rodney Magruder, who is technically re-signed, uh, but he came in at the very end of last year after the Clippers claimed him off waivers from the Miami Heat. He was with them uh, at least in the locker room and on the bench during the playoff run against Golden State. Didn't play because he wasn't eligible for how late they signed him, but Magruder 
back with the team. He signed a new three-year, $15 million deal around the mid-level exception. So Magruder back with the team, as is Jermichael Green, who he was huge in the playoffs and really played a big role, and I think he'll play another big role with this team. Great defender, good rebounder for his size, and really his three-point shooting out of the four and five spot really helped change some of those games in the playoffs in particular. So Jermichael Green will likely play a big role in this team as well. Uh, those were all the re-signings for the Clippers. They also uh, just signed undrafted rookie Derek Walton Jr. out of Michigan. He made the final roster spot for the team. And um, the two two-way deals for the Clippers, Jonathan Motley back with the team after really dominating the G League. He remains on a two-way deal. And Amir Coffey gets the other two-way spot for the Clippers. Um, and the other, of course, returners who were already under contract, Lou Will, Montrez Harrell, Landry Shamit, and Jerome Robinson. And then throw in the two drafted rookies, Fiondu Cabangele, the number 27 pick in the draft, came over in a trade with the Brooklyn Nets. And Terrence Mann, the number 48 pick, who will likely have an opportunity to play with this team. The number 48 pick has shown great things in the preseason. The ability to play point guard despite being a little bit bigger, six foot five, strong, good defender. Uh, I think that he has a chance to, to crack the rotation here, and it'll be uh, interesting to see whether Mann gets a lot of the minutes or, or if those minutes will go to Jerome Robinson, one of the Clippers' first-round picks from a year ago, the 13th pick in the NBA draft. He was taken with, with Michael Porter Jr. on the board, and there's a lot made of that at the time. But Robinson has shown flashes. He should get more opportunity this year. And I think it's it's a big opportunity for him and one uh, where I think he really needs to cash in. Uh, Robinson, a really great shooting stroke. It hasn't really translated, as we said, not a ton of opportunity for him yet. But a great shooting stroke, if he's able to knock down open threes, that'll go a long way in determining his value with the ball club. But he can also be a playmaker. Uh, he won't be asked to do a ton of that with the talent on this team. The playmaking ability and, and duties will really fall in the laps of Kawhi, PG and Lou Williams. Uh, so really for the other point guards on the Clippers roster, making open shots and playing solid defense is the role. We know Patrick Beverly will do both of those things. Terrence Mann has shown an ability to create off the dribble and defend. His shot uh, is still a work in progress, but one that is serviceable. Uh, Robinson, definitely the better shooter of the two. So we'll see who gets a lot of those minutes. I think Doc is probably going to give both of them a chance. It's probably not going to be heavy minutes for either maybe 10 to 15 a game but if either of those can either of those guys can come in and make an impact that would only boost and enhance the Clippers already great chances of being a really spectacular team this season so um, that really breaks down the Clippers roster um, some key notes as we go into the 2019-20 season which hey check out the watch that's today the Clippers open up their season, at least while we're recording this on today. If you're checking it out a few days later, then the season has begun. Hallelujah, we're here. Uh, but some key notes going into the year. Uh, of course, Kawhi Leonard, always the big story. Didn't play a ton in the preseason, but according to himself and Doc and all accounts, he's ready to go without restriction and will not be on an aggressive load management program this season. The second part of that, I don't necessarily agree with uh, or believe, uh, but uh, I do believe he's ready to go without restriction. The load management part of it, I think we will see him load manage this season. He played 60 games in the regular season a year ago, playing about 34 minutes per game, and then, of course, made the entire playoff run, played all 24 playoff games, 
at 39 minutes per game. So 84 games total for Kawhi last season. I would guess maybe 65 uh, to 70 regular season games instead of 60 this year. But I would think that we'll see the minutes slightly down from where they were in Toronto. 34 a game in Toronto. I think that'll be closer to 30 here with the Clippers. Uh, you know, it might be a little higher early on without Paul George in the lineup. But, uh, you know, at least early on, I think Kawhi will play a lot. Hopefully, if the Clippers can, you know, rack up a lot of wins, uh, they can find times to rest him during the season. But uh, good news that all reports that he's ready to go without restriction. Uh, and we'll see what happens with the aggressive load management program. Maybe it won't be aggressive, but it'll, there'll still be a program. So something that we'll likely have to deal with this season. And something else the Clippers will have to deal with this season, of course, just mentioned it a little bit. Paul George expected to miss at least the first 10 games of the season, if not more, uh, likely coming back sometime in November, coming off surgeries on both shoulders. So obviously nothing to, to sneeze at there. A right shoulder surgery in May to fix a partially torn tendon in that right shoulder. And then left shoulder surgery in June uh, to fix a partial tear of the left labrum. So Paul George uh, back on the court with the Clippers, all non-contact at this point, but he has been practicing. Uh, hopefully he can start to ramp things up soon. But for the Clippers, they of course do not want to rush him. They don't want to push Kawhi too hard. They want to be able to play these guys when it counts uh, in May and June. So uh, the sooner, the better, of course, in terms of just seeing him on the court, but no rush for the Clippers to get Paul George in the court. As we said, we hope he gets to, to contact real soon. But I would say likely maybe 15, 20 games for Paul George is not unrealistic. I know right now the, the estimate is 10, but I would expect the Clippers to be pretty cautious in bringing him back, uh, just knowing how important he'll be later on in the year. Of course, we mentioned earlier, third in the MVP voting last season, 28 points a game, a little over eight rebounds, four assists, over two steals in 77 games played. Just an incredible year, arguably his best of his career. Uh, so to have that on the squad joining Kawhi Leonard and the rest of the crew is going to be incredible. So just got to be patient and calm and, and wait till he's fully healthy and ready to go and make sure that he's not at risk of injuring either of those shoulders as he comes back. So the Clippers will be without Paul George to start the year, and it'll be tough. Uh, you know, this Clippers team is deep. They have a lot of great players to overcome such an injury, but uh, the opening schedule is no cakewalk for the Clippers. We, of course, know they've got the Lakers on opening night, uh, home game for the Clippers, and, uh, you know, a little a little lame from the NBA to to have this one as as the first game. I know that everyone wants to see the matchup, but just kind of knowing from the start when they made the schedule that Paul George would be hurt. Uh, you know, you want to see these four these teams go in their four games at full strength. So I would have loved to see this. You know, they are playing on Christmas, but I'd love to see this one delayed maybe a few weeks or build up the anticipation to that Christmas Day game rather than not only have it as the first game when the Clippers aren't fully healthy, but also have it as their first home game where the the fans will likely have to battle with, with many Laker fans in the building to to kind of try to be louder, you know, such as life uh, in L.A. when you got the Lakers and their giant fan base. Uh, Clippers will have to deal with it, and uh, they've obviously been very successful over the past seven years uh, in the Doc Rivers era against the Lakers. Of course, a little bit different now with LeBron and Anthony Davis on the squad. It should be a great matchup. should be really fun. But uh, mentioned the schedule tough. Lakers to open it up. At the Warriors, who 
Of course, they aren't the same team that they have been without Durant, with Klay Thompson gone to injury, but they do still have talent. It will be the opening night for the Warriors in their new building, Chase Center in San Francisco. They do still have Steph Curry. They do still have Draymond Green. And, of course, they added D'Angelo Russell. Their defense will likely not be nearly as strong without Durant, Clay, and Iguodala, who, of course, is not there anymore as well. Uh, but they will still be a threat uh, in that opening night in the Chase Center. Uh, Clippers then go on the road to Phoenix. Should be a win, but, of course, as if you know you follow the Clippers, Doc Rivers has always said there's never an easy game in the NBA. And, again, an early season home game for the Suns. They are a little more competent than they've been. They finally added a point guard for the first time in, in nearly three or four years by adding Ricky Rubio. They do have the dynamic scorer in Devin Booker and another year for DeAndre Ayton. So uh, one that the Clippers will certainly be favored in, but not a an easy win by any means. Um, they'll follow that up with a home game, which, you know, let's not kid ourselves, will likely be an easy win over the Charlotte Hornets, who might be the worst team in the NBA. So you get a little bit of a break there. But then schedule picks right back up at Utah, who's another Western Conference contender, back home to take on the Spurs, who, while well, again, the Clippers will be favored in that one, always a tough matchup. And they get the Jazz again at home, the championship contending Bucks at home, the Blazers at home, who are always good and always tough, with D, uh, with Damian Lillard, rather, and C.J. McCollum. And then the Toronto Raptors at home, who, granted, the Clippers took their best player from them, so the Raptors won't be quite as good. But if you remember, they were, Toronto, that is, was incredible in terms of their record without Kawhi last year. So certainly won't be an easy game, and I'm sure they'll have a little extra motivation for that. Uh, and then you look at the other two uh, in the opening 12 games for the Clippers at the Rockets, which is always a tough one, another very talented team, and and their new look with Russell Westbrook. And then at New Orleans, which got slightly easier with the news about Zion Williamson. He'll likely still be out to that point, uh, so that softens it up a little bit. But still a tough game against a deep and talented team led by Drew Holiday. You, of course, have the Laker core that was sent over and Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram and Josh Hart. And you throw in just another group of solid players, former Clipper J.J. Redick, Derek Favors, uh, and some others on, on, on the Pelicans roster that make that a tough game. So that's the opening 12 games for the Clippers. They do have a nice little homestand in there, as we mentioned, uh, but some tough road games, a lot of good teams, really only one or two that you can point out that likely will not be good teams this year. So getting off to a good start might be tougher than it seems. And, of course, the Clippers, with their talent, with their roster, they're likely going to be favorites in most of, if not all, of these ball games. So, you know, they're not going to be scared of anyone. But it is going to be a, a challenging opening schedule. And it'd be interesting to see if, for whatever reason, uh, and I don't necessarily think it's going to happen, but if they do get off to a slow start, just the mentality of the team and working their way through. It's a lot of new pieces, uh, you know, to see how they react to that. But uh, I'm confident in this Clipper squad that they will get off to a good start nonetheless. So we mentioned last year, 48-34 and 34 as the eight seed. You know, the Vegas over-under has the, the win total set, I believe, around 53.5. Um, you know, I think that's that's a pretty good uh, number and estimate for the Clippers. I think they, their ceiling, uh, you know, depending on their health and how much they load-manage Kawhi and when they get Paul George back, uh, I do think they can hit that 60-win plateau. I think probably the most realistic number is somewhere between the 55 to, to 58 range, um, which would hopefully put them, you know, either the one or two seed in the conference. But 
the Western Conference is just so stacked, such a beast, and it's going to be a dogfight. And you, and you look at the the Western Conference standings from last year, uh, you know, there's really not many teams you can point to that would be locks to fall out of the playoff race. Really, the one easy switch you can make is, hey, the Cl- the Lakers rather are going to jump up. They were tenth last year at 37 and 45. They, of course, with that and Anthony Davis are almost assured as a playoff team. They'll jump in the Oklahoma City Thunder, despite having a solid starting five. They really lack depth um, after you go through the starting five of CP3, Shea, uh, Robertson, Danilo Gallinari, and Steven Adams. It really falls off after that. So the Thunder, despite being competitive this year, will likely not be a playoff team. So the Lakers and the Thunder swap, and then after that, it's just a free-for-all, a frenzy. You know, I think you have your your six locks and then the battle for seven and eight is going to be just extreme so your locks i think i would you would put the clippers the lakers the nuggets the rockets and the jazz as your six and then that leaves out teams like the warriors who of course have been the dominant force in the conference in the league for the past five years they are likely to be good but no guarantee to be a lock for the playoffs uh, the Portland Trailblazers, who were the three seed in a 53-win team last year, uh, a similar team, but uh, their wing situation is is of course different. With uh, Mo Harkless now wearing a Clipper uniform and Alfred Camino over in Orlando, they have Kent Bazemore and and Rodney Hood and some others to to fill that role. And of course, Hassan Whiteside. They'll be a little bit different, uh, and I don't think necessarily a lock. I do think they're going to be a good team again, but the difference in making and missing the playoffs could be. A single game um, and you look at all the other great teams of course the Spurs somehow just keep trucking along and making the playoffs they'll be in that group uh, fighting for one of the bottom seeds they were seventh last year and then the up-and-coming teams the Pelicans we mentioned Zion's health could be a factor in that uh, the Sacramento Kings uh, and then the Dallas Mavericks uh, depending on the health of of course Porzingis and, and if their depth can hold up as well and you throw in kind of the bottom of the conference the Timberwolves are kind of that fringe team of uh, likely not a real playoff contender, but still plenty of talent. Uh, and then you have really the Grizzlies and the Suns as the only two teams that are not real contenders for a playoff spot, even though both of them have some exciting young players. So, but as we mentioned, the Clippers, one of those locks uh, to be one of the better teams in the league. Of course, you know, knock on wood when it comes to to injuries, but uh, the depth that the Clippers have accrued makes uh, that all the more likely that they can withstand a lot of things this season uh, and take over the the effect from the mentality they had last year and carry that over into this season. In fact, Doc Rivers was asked about if the mentality changes at all with adding a couple of superstar players, and he said not at all. Here's a Take a listen to Doc Rivers and what he had to say on that topic just the other day and shoot around for the Clippers. I don't think the mentality changes. Um, and... Um, you know, so that that's no different. You know, is Pat Beverly going to be different this year? Like, honestly, no. Is Trez going to be any different than he was last year? No, they're going to be the same Bulldogs they were the, the year before. Is Lou going to be different? No, Lou hasn't changed in 10 years. So Lou's going to be the same. Uh, our team is different because we have better, even better players. Um, but the expectations are is a word that doesn't change how you play, you know. Uh, but you'll see, like, you know, I, I keep saying pressure's a privilege and all that stuff. Those are words as well. 
and we'll see when the game starts. Like, um, you know, are we ready for whatever comes our way? Because a lot of things will be thrown in your way, um, and you'll deal with it as they come. So the mentality stays the same for the Clippers, as you heard Doc say. None of the key pieces from last year are going to change the way they play, even with some superstars coming in. And the stars they brought in also are super hardworking, determined, and hard-playing players as well. So they'll fit right in with this new Clippers scheme. It's going to be an incredible season, an exciting one. We're really happy to be bringing you a lot of Clippers content here in the Believe in LA Clippers podcast. I couldn't think of a better time to be starting this podcast and, and jumping things off with you, Clipper Nation. So really excited to get this thing going and happy that you're here with me just to kick off this 2019-20 season, which starts now and just can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. So thanks for tuning into this first episode. And we got a lot more coming here on the Believe Podcast Network. And that's going to do it for this very first episode of the Believe in LA Clippers podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. Know that if you enjoy the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple. We're available on all of your favorite directories. As you mentioned, Apple, also Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. And know that you can take a look at any of the other shows on the platform as well. A lot of great stuff there. But uh, as we said, it's going to be a fun ride this season. Happy to have you here. We're going to have a a co-host to join us in the next few weeks as well. So a lot of exciting stuff upcoming here on the Believe in LA Clippers podcast. As we kick off this season, let's do it, Clipper Nation. Once again, I'm Jesse Cass. Be carrying you through here on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network and the only place for the show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.